were treasonous rebels against the God of the universe. And yet, He has freely chosen to adopt some of us into His family. John Piper reviews this stunning reality coming up next on Desiring God Radio. So let's stay here for a while. Let's really try to absorb this morning how good this is. Because this is breathtaking. The past six programs we focused on how to kill sin as we dwelt on Romans 8.13. And today we move on to the next three verses in this great chapter as John looks at what it means to be led by the Spirit. Let me review just a moment so that you can see the connection between verse 13 and 14, because that's very, very important. Verse 13, we've spent three weeks on how do you kill sin by the Spirit. We use John Owen, kill sin or it'll be killing you. That's what it says. If you put to death the deeds of the body by the Spirit, you'll live. If you don't, you'll die. So the pathway to life is the killing path. Killing sin in your own life. And then we focused in on that little phrase, by the Spirit, in verse 13. And asked what that means. And I, you may remember that I said, boy, that sure sounds like the Spirit's kind of like a weapon in our hand. And He's not. He's a person. I'm in His hand. He's not in my hand. He wields me. I don't wield him. Now, we're going to see that confirmed in verse 14 in just a moment. But what then does killing sin by the Spirit mean? And we said something like this. You kill sin by the Spirit by having a mindset of the Spirit or a mind that is set on the things of the Spirit. Or, to be very practical and specific, we said, you need a mindset through which the Holy Spirit moves to kill sin in your life, and that mindset is a mind that is trusting in the blood-bought promises of God. Jesus Christ, and in Him, all the promises, yes. When your mind is set on that as your infinite value, your treasure in life, the Holy Spirit is moving in your life to destroy alternative evil Pleasures called sin. Now, what we find in these next verses is a theme that has turned up nowhere else in the book of Romans. And now it comes thick and heavy in every verse from 14 to 17, namely our sonship. The fact that every Christian is a child of God. So look at it. Verse 14 All who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. There it is, sons of God. Verse 15, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of, here it is again, adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are, here it is again, the children of God. Verse 17, right off the bat, if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. So in every verse, you have the theme of our sonship. That has not been said in a single verse in Romans till right now. And now it comes, boom, 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 
Boom. So Paul clearly wants to get this on our table. And he wants us to know who we are in relation to God. He wants us to know who God is in relation to us, especially in this magnificent truth that we have been adopted, our children, and have a father who is our creator, infinite in power and wisdom and love, and that we are therefore heirs of him. We'll talk about that next week. So let's stay here for a while. Let's really try to absorb this morning how good this is. Because this is breathtaking. Let's start at verse 14. I've already reviewed for you verse 13. And I've said that the little phrase, by the Spirit, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, sounds like the Spirit might be a, a weapon in our hand. So by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body. That'd be wrong because the Spirit's a person. And uh, he's God, and therefore, I don't wield him, he wields me. And I said, that's going to be confirmed in the next verse, so let's look. Verse 14. Notice that it starts with because, or for. It's giving an, an argument, a basis, and an explanation of what he just said. For all who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Now, that comes in as a ground and an explanation of if you put to death the deeds of the body by the Spirit, you'll live for all who are led by the Spirit that way are the sons of God and therefore have life, will live. So you see the two pairs being Paired off here between verses 13 and 14. Verse 13 and 14, here's the first pair. Put to death the deeds of the body by the Spirit is paired up with led by the Spirit. The second pair is, in verse 13, you will live, corresponds to you are the sons of God in verse 14. So let's ponder these two pairs for just a moment and see the confirmation that we were on the right track in the last several weeks. If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. Because all who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. So now notice. When we do something by the Spirit, verse 14 says we're being led to do it by the Spirit. We're not leading Him. He's leading us. I'm being led. I'm being moved. I'm being guided, according to verse 14, which comes in as a ground and explanation for verse 13. He's not a mere responder to me. I'm being moved and being led by him. So let's ask the question, what is it to be led by the Spirit? Because if you took verse 14 and just yanked it out of context... You could make it mean all kinds of strange things, probably. You might say, if I'm led to the right spouse, then I am a child of God. If I'm led to the right vocation, then I am a child of God. Now, I don't want to minimize the fact that the Holy Spirit practically leads our lives and we should look to him for leadership, guidance. But that's not the context here. Let's make sure we get this Right. 
The context here is, if you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Reason? Because those who are thus led are children of God. In other words, the meaning of being led by the Spirit in verse 14 is being led to kill sin in your life. It's being led into the warfare. So you want to know, how can I know if I'm a child of God this morning? One answer from the connection between verses 13 and 14 is, are you being led by the Spirit to make war on your sin? If you came into my office and said, I'm really wrestling with doubt, I don't know if I'm a child of God, I'm struggling with assurance. One of the questions, not the only one, but one of the questions I would try to draw out from you is, tell me how you feel about your sin. And if you communicated to me a kind of cavalier attitude towards sin, that you're not engaged in a deadly warfare to put to death the deeds of the body, I would take you to this text and I would say, now look, the text says, if you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live because those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. If you're not putting to death the deeds of the body by the Spirit, then you are not being led by the Spirit, and therefore your warrant to be a child of God is not there. Don't take this leadership of the Spirit and do anything else with it first. Do this with it first. Being led by the Spirit is being led into war against my bad habits, my personality defects. Those who are the children of God are chips off the old block, meaning I share my father's tastes in music. I share my father's priorities. I share my father's values. I share what my father cherishes. I hate what my father hates. That's the evidence of being a child of God. And the Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption, moves in to do that in us. So the first evidence that we are children of God is that this leadership, those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God, is defined in terms of verse 13 because it's given as the ground of verse 13. Are you putting to death the deeds of the body by the Spirit? That is, is the Spirit moving and changing your life? And mark the process here. Changing, not perfection. We move forward, we move backwards. But the question is, are you cavalier about your sin? The Holy Spirit is not cavalier about your sin. That's why he's called holy. He hates your sin. And therefore, if he's there leading, he leads you into hatred. He leads you into war. He leads you into killing your sin. So that would be one of the questions I would ask. We're led to war by the Spirit. That's what leadership means. So, so much for the first pair. Namely, if you put to death the deeds of the body by the Spirit, paired up with those who are led by the Spirit. Now, let's go to the second pair. You will live. Verse 13, you will live if you do this. 
And the second half of that pair in verse 14, because you're the sons of God. So the ground of your life is your sonship. The reason you can know I'm going to live, I'm going to live, I'm going to have eternal life is because I'm a child and the evidence is that, that I'm a child is that I have my father's values and I make war on what he hates. But it's my sonship which is the ground of my life. You know you have eternal life because you put to death the deeds of the body. Because you put to death the deeds of the body because you're led by the spirit and you're led by the spirit because you are a child of God. Let me sum up this connection and then we'll move to verse 15. What verse 14 does is explain the killing of sin by the Spirit in terms of being led by the Spirit. So the very first meaning you should have in your head when you think of am I led by the Spirit is am I led into warfare and killing of sin by the Spirit. That's the first meaning you should have in your head. And then verse 14 explains you will live, in verse 13, by your children of God, in verse 14. And then it says, being led by the Spirit is the evidence that you are sons of God, which means, in conclusion then, that killing sin in your life is the evidence that you're a child of God and is the pathway to life. It's the pathway to life. Now let's go to verse 15. Now, what's so beautiful and precious about verse 15 is that it clearly corrects a misunderstanding or maybe a misfeeling about verse 14. It's so clear from verse 15 that Paul and God, through Paul, wants you to enjoy being led by the Holy Spirit. So if you have in your mind right now something oppressive, something slavish, something fear-producing, when you think of being led by the Spirit, verse 15 is offered to you as a gift now to get it out of your head. All right? Let's read it. It's another because at the beginning of this verse explaining, grounding what he just said about the relationship between the spirit and sonship. He says, for all who are, this is verse 14 again, for all who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. For, let me explain, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry not yikes I'm afraid of my master but rather Abba Father now this verse is answering a couple of really really important practical experiential questions one why does the leading of the spirit prove that you are a child of God why is that? And second, what is it to be led? How does he lead? What are the mechanics of the leading practically in your life this afternoon? How does he do it? Let's answer the first one first. Namely, why does the leading of the Spirit prove that you're a child of God? 
The reason is that the leading of the Spirit is the Spirit of adoption. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life and begins to work, however He works, and we'll talk about that in a minute, however He works to move you and lead you into warfare with sin, He's working as a spirit of adoption. There are a lot of adopted kids in this church. A lot of adopted teenagers and adults. Some are adopted you don't even know are adopted. And all those children are learning... And they're teaching us that they are loved as much and sometimes even more than children who are born into a family. And they come into the full participation of the family and they become heirs of their parents just like the natural born children are. This reality of adoption in the Roman world was a legal transaction of tremendous proportions, not primarily an emotional transaction, which is why the Holy Spirit must be given to make real the legal transaction. Let me read you from F.F. F. Bruce a description of the legal reality in the Roman world that Paul was functioning in. In the Roman world of the first century A.D., an adopted son was a son deliberately chosen by an adoptive father to perpetuate his name and inherit his estate. He was no less inferior in status to a son born in the ordinary course of nature and might well enjoy the father's affection more fully and reproduce the father's character more worthily. This is a massive legal firm, strong, unshakable reality. And if the Spirit moves, the Spirit of adoption, if He comes and He testifies in our hearts, it becomes a massive, deep, emotional reality, which it is supposed to be. So what does the Spirit do? He confirms and makes real the legal transaction. There's some in this room right now probably who are not children of God. Let me put in a parenthesis here. You hear on the radio, you hear on television, you hear in books of various kinds, you hear in a lot of common religious conversation, all God's children. Meaning who? Everybody. Standard American religion is everybody's God's child. Now just know that everybody is God's creature and not everybody is God's child, according to verse 14. Those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. So you can listen to that and say, I think I understand where you're coming from, and you've picked that up, not from the Bible, but from standard religious talk in America. That's not what the Bible teaches. It's not reality. We become children of God by receiving Christ. Listen to John 1.12. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. If you want to know now, what should I do if I hear all this talk about the children of God and the witness by the Holy Spirit of my standing as a child? What should I do if I'm not one? John 1.12 says, to all who received him, 
who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. That's not what this text is about. This text is assuming that has happened and is talking about an experience called the testimony of the Holy Spirit. Listen to Galatians 4, 5, and 6 so you see the order of things. Galatians 4, 5. Christ redeemed us who were under the law that we might receive adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit, the spirit of his son, into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. That's the same as right here in our text, verse 15. Because you are sons, a legal transaction has taken place. And because of it, the Holy Spirit, in a special witnessing way, is poured out into our hearts. Who thus does something such that we experience the reality of the legal transaction in our hearts and that's so important to grasp. So how does he do that? How does he do that? Verse 15 says, he does it by replacing the fear of a slave toward a master with the love of a son toward a father. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You have received a spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. He's contrasting the fear, the cowering fear of a slave under a master with the free, happy, relaxed, confident affection of a child toward a loving father. Relate that to the leading of the Spirit. In verse 14, I said it was given to correct perhaps a misunderstanding or a misfeeling that you may come away from verse 14 with. And how does the Spirit lead us? John Piper picks up with that question and his answer when you join us for the Thursday edition of Desiring God Radio. Today is the final day of February and also the last day for special pricing on the Don't Waste Your Life study kits. God is using this book to change the future course of many lives and we began the year with a prayerful goal that 500,000 new people would read it here in 2007. If you haven't gotten one yet... Today is the day to do so before our beginning of the year price specials end. Call now 1-888-346-4700 and ask about the Don't Waste Your Life study kit. 1-888-346-4700. If you've already been impacted by Don't Waste Your Life, consider helping Desiring God spread this message. Go to the website, look for the teeny little link at the top of the page that says Support DG. Then look for Current Projects. You can help pay for materials to be sent into prisons, to units of our armed forces, developing countries, campus ministries, struggling churches. Again, look for Support DG at the top of the page at DesiringGod.org and Current Projects for Don't Waste Your Life. 
www.desiringgod.org or you can call 1-888-346-4700.